When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A M P I R E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. And as you can tell, I'm back commander's facility doing it for my little hostage room kind of bare bones in here anyway just want to give you an update on the cuts and all that other good stuff don't forget you can also read my work on espn.com and speaking of the cuts, so the final cuts were made today washington got down to their final 53 but keep in mind the one word that they use probably more than any other today when we're talking to ron rivera and martin mayhew was fluid things are still fluid so you have waiver claims that can go you can, until like noon tomorrow, then you can start putting guys in the practice squad. It's 16 players in the practice squad. Most of the practice squad for Washington will have been guys released on Tuesday. So guys that were released on Monday, guys like Jared Patterson, more of a long shot to return in that scenario. But as Rivera said, it's not it's not 100% that they'd only take guys from the Tuesday cuts, but those are the guys that typically they wanted to keep around. And so you're going to wait to the last minute to to you know put more of a glut of people out there versus on Monday where there are not as many people out there and could get picked up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, also, so I'm going to get into all the cuts and at least some of the surprises, some talk on Sam Howell that I found somewhat interesting and you know go from there. And also keep in mind, one of the moves today, excuse me, Monday was offensive lineman Braden Daniels going on IR. He, he suffered a torn rotator cuff in the preseason finale against the Bengals. And, you know, I know what everybody says, but like he's, if you have a torn rotator cuff, you're going to have to have surgery. Usually they're going to say hamstring, groin, something like that. If for those of the conspiracy theorists, but he had a torn rotator cuff, was told that happened late in the Bengals game. They didn't realize that it had even happened until Sunday morning. I think when he came in for treatment and then they of course got an MRI for him at that time. But what it did do is it opened up a spot for them to keep a veteran at right at tackle because while Daniels had shown improvement over the last week and a half, it was not enough to say, oh, he could help them now in a game. So it allowed them to keep Trent Scott as a fourth tackle behind Cornelius Lucas as their swing tackle, and of course, Leno and Wiley as the starters. So let me get into some of the moves and some of the things that are still fluid here. And speaking of the offensive line, one of the fluid parts is center Tyler Larson. He was cut on Tuesday. He will be back, provided no other team claims him. He'll be back. They want they want him as a third center. I was I think I told you, but I was heard last week that they want to keep three centers on the roster. So it, when you look at like these the initial fifty three versus the the real fifty three, that's going to be one of the differences. Is Tyler Larson will be back on there, provided nobody picks him up. Because again, they, you know, because I remember talking to somebody last week and about Ricky Stromberg and just how good he looked, if that, how that impacted maybe the decisions along the offensive line. But at that time, I was told they want to keep three. So Larson will be back. Alex Arma, the fullback slash tight end, he'll be back. 
they cut him to keep other players that they can then possibly put on short-term IR or, or put him on IR after these cuts. And the reason you do that, because if you put him on IR before these final cuts, so in Daniel's case, for example, he's done for the year. So if you go on IR before the final cuts are, are before 4 p.m. on Tuesday, you are done for the year with that team. So Daniel's is done for the year. Whereas um, if if you go on after the final cuts are made, then you can come back that year. So that's why they sometimes wait in these situations. They know, like they know that probably nobody was going to pick up Larson or might not, and that no one would likely pick up Alex Arma. Not many teams use a fullback. He's been out there for a few years. You know, it is what it is, but he'll be, so he'll, he's expected to be back because they do have a role for him. I think I told you last week that I thought that there was a chance that he could get cut, but that he would return in that scenario. So how might they get spots for those two guys? Well, that's the interesting part and not sure. Somebody asked, I think it was Matthew Paris asked Ron Rivera about with Federian Mathis. We haven't seen him in a few weeks because of calf injury. Would he be a candidate to go on IR? And all he would say is it's fluid. So, you know, that's 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 what you can do. But you, there will be a couple more roster moves with guys on the roster. I know Dax Milne, for example, had a, was dealing with a groin issue throughout camp. I don't know that he's I don't know that it's still as bad. He did play in the finale. I heard it was better, but we'll see. You know, they're going to have to make a move somewhere um, to get those guys back on the roster. And then there's also waiver pickups. Would they claim anybody or not? I don't know the answer to that um, at this point. But again, start, you know, you can put in your waiver claim. You'll find out, um, it was, I think it's afternoon on, on Wednesday, that you find out if you got you've got the waiver claim or not. So let's go through some of these cuts, some surprises, some maybe some guys who were kept as much as the cuts, because to be honest, there really weren't any surprises in these cuts. And so even like, I know some people wanted to see Jake Fromm make it. Jake Fromm wasn't going to make it. From the beginning, they were going to keep two because they know what they have in Jake Fromm. And they also know that the chances of him getting picked up are, are probably pretty slim. So he does not have this great track record in the NFL. I think his career stats are 27 for 60. I know he's a young quarterback. I know he looked good in the in you know against in the preseason for who he was facing, but they were never going to go with him as a. I know some people thought, oh, you outplayed. He didn't. Brissett's better. Brissett's a stronger backup quarterback in the NFL, and that's not even up for discussion. But the only but and again, no matter what he did, he was not going to make it because they knew they could probably get him through waivers and put him back on the practice squad. And there you go. And for those asking about the third quarterback on game days. The third quarterback has to be on the active game on the active roster to count toward that third quarterback on a Sunday where they where they then would not count toward the game day roster. So in other words, you could if you have a court if you have three quarterbacks on your 53-man roster, you can then have three up on Sunday, and the third quarterback would not count toward the 46 game day roster. You cannot elevate a quarterback off the practice squad and then bump him up as a third quarterback for a Sunday unless he, he has to be put on the 53-man roster first. So just to clear that up. And I do, like I said, I think there's a value in Fromm. It's just that he wasn't going to, he's not, they didn't need to keep him on the roster because you had other spots elsewhere that you needed to keep guys and, um, you know, because they like him better. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast. The only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KIME, K-E-I-M. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KIME. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Dax Mill, why'd they keep him? So they've always liked him as a backup. And whatever you guys think, I know, I trust me, I've heard, and I'm not telling you what, I'm just telling you why they kept him. They like him as a backup to to multiple receiver positions, and they like that he can return punts. And I know we all saw it last year, was not a dynamic punt returner. He also had sure hands. And that's the one thing that you you have to understand, like while everybody wants a dynamic punt returns, and we all know that it could be better. Not saying that, but they want first and foremost, catch the ball. And that's what he they feel that he does well. And that's why he right now, right now would be the punt returner. I don't know. Will that stay the same? I don't know. But I know right now he's their punt returner because they trust him when he fields the ball. Byron Pringle also did some of that in college. So maybe he'll start working on that as well and see if they use him ever in a game. And Jahan Dotson can do it as well. The one thing I was told with Dotson last year was the only, the only way they put him out on punt returns was if it was a situation where like the other team was backed up in, by their own end zone and and Washington would be fielding the punt around midfield. So a chance for a really big play, that's when they would put Dotson out there. But those situations came up last year and they didn't put him out there. I'm going to have a feeling that unless it's an emergency, he probably wouldn't be back out there because he's going to be highly valuable to this offense this season. And, you know, I think Kaz Allen, had he not fumbled that that punt, would have made a stronger case for himself. I don't think it was guaranteed um, by any means, but he would have made a stronger case for himself because there, there was still, even last week when I talked to people, they talk about the trust factor with him because he just doesn't have a lot of experience doing it. He did do a nice job up until Saturday night. And as a receiver, you just you could not put him in a game because he just doesn't have, he's very raw. 
and very limited as to what he could do in that role. So the only way he was going to make it was as a returner. And now you, if they want, they can put him on the practice squad. Um, and again, as a reminder, 16 person, 16 man practice squad. And there are a lot of guys, I think that got cut today that will end up back on there. Guys like Mason Brooks, the linebacker to John Harris, um, running back Derek Gore, Allen, Allen, perhaps, um, you know, Benning Potoe, defensive lineman, maybe Wild Goose, Castro Fields, all those, all those guys are, are, are definite possibilities for that. Anyway, let's get to the other guy at receiver, Mitchell Tinsley. So that was one of the surprises to me. And there was only, it wasn't a surprise because I knew they liked him. I think others, I've, I, you know, a few people knew they liked him and he did do well during camp, but wasn't sure for a couple of reasons. One, how the thing was going to go with Kaz Allen. And if Kaz Allen gets it, would he have made it as a seventh, as a seventh receiver? The other thing is um, Tinsley is not, he's not a burner, but what he does give them, and this is one thing that they obviously like, he's got a little bit of size. He is six one, but he has really good hands and makes really good contested catches. Now he he's, certainly doesn't project to be a dynamic receiver because, uh, because some of the, you know, again, not a burner, but he does catch the ball very well. And they did like from start to finish how he progressed. And, and it was, you know, he was, he did show well and he, of those young guys. And the one thing that I think it was, I can't remember if it was Rivera or Mayhew said that this was the best group of undrafted receivers that he thinks they've had here. And I agree. Bryson Tremaine was another guy they let go. That was a guy they liked. Now he wasn't going to make it, but he was a guy that they liked. And again, with Tinsley, good story. And it's always fun to see undrafted guys make it to see where they then develop. But, um, you know, and the, the other question I had for him is, would he help them on special teams and where? He was not, a, you know, when I watched him at Gunner, could, it was not, that was not a strength, but he did play in some other roles on special teams. So maybe if he is not active, he'd have to do something like that, whether it's maybe some kick coverage or maybe blocking on kick return, something like that. So, um, so there you go, but a good story for him. And, and a fun one. I think it's one that a lot of people in the organization were, I don't want to say rooting for, but I think they felt good that they could tell him, hey, you're making the roster. And they could tell others, hey, this guy's making the roster. And they felt good about it. They, For some reason, he was, a, he was somebody that I think a lot of people wanted to see make it. And, and he did. So good for him. Let's see. We talked about Fromm. Talked about Daniels. Tight end. Curtis Hodges was kept. So he, he's, his name came up in the press conference and why, why keep him? Because he wasn't, the size is impressive. The athleticism is impressive, but he didn't exactly jump out in camp, but he's a big guy who can run and you're going to give those guys a longer leash to, to show what they can or can't do. And the other thing Rivera pointed out with him is that, because he missed so much time last year with an injury that this was essentially his rookie year. So they felt like he had made enough progress that, okay, if you consider it like that, that they want to see where he goes from here. Now, does he stay on the 53? I don't know, but th that's why he kept, they kept him. And it's also a position where, listen, if Armani Rogers is here, then Hodges would have been cut because he, there's you, you, I don't, unless you kept all five, which I would have been surprised by. But with Logan Thomas also, you know, nursing the calf injury and he's been back out there, you know, he was out last week doing some running and so, et cetera. And before the game, a good sign, but I, you know, I, 
he just he, he gives him a little bit more depth assuming he sticks around on on the 53 but and i don't know that he wouldn't but that's why for those wondering why he was kept size speed traits and as rivera said it's hard to find guys with those traits in this league that's why he's still around defensively no surprises they kept 11 defensive linemen i think that's what they needed to do you have you know because for a while there was a debate do you keep 10 and then go with five linebackers but it was 11 defensive linemen warranted that that kind of um warranted a spot because you, you can't james with williams did it had a solid summer he was on the bubble Casey Tuhill, another guy that those two were fighting with KJ Henry and, and Andre Jones for roster spots. One of those may have gone and they, and they've been very reluctant to cut their draft picks as we see, because they all made it once again with Daniels on IR. So, but Jones is the one who flashed KJ Henry is more of a bull rusher type. He didn't flash a whole lot, but he showed some strength but he's a guy that you can just he'll he probably he'll be inactive every week. James Smith Williams did a nice job. Show that he you know they moved him inside a little bit on some pass rush situations, much like what they do with F.A. Obata. I think it's also important to have Henry and Jones here when you consider that starting defensive ends and the three backups at defensive end are all free agents after the season. So you need to get young guys in here that you can develop, and that's what they have in those two. And then with a linebacker, you have four. Some of it's some of the need for that is lessened by the versatility of the secondary and what they can do. Guys like Camp Curl, the hybrid safety linebacker role. But DeJon Harris is a guy that I think they'll bring back and keep around just in case you need that and they need that fifth guy at some point. And and the, some of that's going to, to be honest, is going to depend on Jamin Davis's situation. He's going back to court on Thursdays, one o'clock Thursday Eastern time. Then we'll find out what his will likely find out what the punishment is for him if he has to serve jail time for the reckless driving charge in Loudoun County. And, you know, and then if, if he has to serve how much time, when, all that stuff. So, you know, I don't know that it will. Who knows? We'll find out Thursday. That's all I'll say. There is still time for one more family adventure this summer. The country's largest climbing and zipline park is open seven days a week until Labor Day. With eight different levels, 16 courses, 250 climbing obstacles, and over 4,000 feet of zip lines, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring, located in Montgomery County, Maryland, is the perfect place to spend the last few days of summer. Once you're back on the ground, head over to Axe Throwing and try one of their brand new games. You can play Battleship, Blackjack, throw at traditional targets, or even upload your own images. They are now accepting group and family reservations for this fall. Can't make it out before school is back in session? Not to worry. The Adventure Park is open Friday through Sunday every weekend this fall. To end the summer right, listeners of this show can now get $10 off any ticket by entering the promo code KIME23DC at checkout. That's KIME, K-E-I-M, 23DC at checkout. There's still time to get outside and join the adventure at theadventurepark.com. Finally, let's get to Sam Howell. So um, Albert Breer wrote a story for SI talking to Ron Rivera about Howell. And we've all written this. And I've written a number of stories about Howell over the last six months about why they like him, when they like him, et cetera. But it kind of raised a little bit of a... um, 
I don't know, drew some attention with some of the comments in there about how Rivera says he wished he had seen him earlier. Well, let's add some context here. So, and Rivera was asked about that again today. He said, yeah, this is in hindsight, that when you, what you know about how now versus what you knew then is a lot different. At the time, I, here's what I know knew at the time and then subsequent conversations that at the time, what they wanted to see and what Rivera wanted to see was how get some work before the end of the season, because he did want to see because there was they did see some improvement and he would ask the offensive coaches. And to be honest, they were telling him he's not ready. Well, Rivera wanted to see him against Houston and that would but it would have been as a backup just coming. He wanted was the, the, the desire going into that game was get ahead enough that this kid could go in there and get get, a, get maybe a quarter or, or or so to show where is he at in his development. Had he been able to, had they been able to do that, then you may have seen something play out differently down the stretch. But when you go into a must-win game against the Browns and you have Wentz coming off a better showing, in, albeit in two series against the Niners in a backup role, the choice would be Wentz or Heineke. To roll the dice with the rookie at that point would have been extremely extremely ballsy. And, you know, so, so that's why I say a lot of this is in hindsight, but there was a desire to see him play. Cause I think if they had seen him play against Houston, then maybe a decision is made differently before the Browns game, or even in the Niners game um, about what, what, how they handle that and who then plays. I think the other key is though, they do feel really good about where Howell's at and they should. The kid has shown nothing to say that, oh, this is going to be a disaster. I don't, I haven't talked to anybody who feels that way. Even people who cover the team, I don't talk to anybody who feels that way. Like this kid can't play. They just, what are they looking at? It's the opposite. And it's funny because like the national media felt like in the off season, a lot of it was, they really going with Sam Howell. Now it's almost like, Hey, Sam Howell, right? He's the guy. And you know, and it's, that's there's it's their job and they're not here every day and they don't see it. They don't talk to everybody here every day. So they don't. So it was a bit of a surprise nationally. I think now people are starting to catch up and see, Oh, maybe this kid can actually play. So I think we're going to see that this year, but it's also the confidence in the organization and the players, coaches, there's as much confidence in, in this one guy um, at, at that position as there's been, as there has been since Alex Smith was here in 2018, the years subsequent 19, 20, 21, 20, 22, not the same, just not the same. But there, I think there's more unification on, yes, he is the guy. Yes, he's the one who should be playing. Yes, we believe in him. I think that part is a little bit different. Now, have they done enough in other areas? We haven't talked about the offensive line you know, enough, but that's the big question. And I think they feel good about it, whether or not it plays out that way. Well, we'll see, because I do think well, the only thing I've been saying is it's better than last year, and it is. And, you know, so all the metrics people want to use, it's better than last year. The question is how much better and is it good enough? That's what it's hard to answer. And I still go back to, there's still some unanswered questions with it. Do, you know, how is the scheme going to impact how the line plays and, and the play calling and setting plays up and the RPOs, the RPOs designed to, to cause hesitation by defensive linemen. How will using a fullback impact the run game? How are, you know, all that stuff. And so that's all going to play into the effectiveness of the line when it comes to protection, et cetera. I did like the run blocking. I thought the run blocking was, wasn't bad. So I think if they can, can establish that and be effective with that, then they have a chance to do some more things off of that. I would like to see the screen game be better. I think there were some times where like there were some screens available that just weren't blocked well enough. And that's, you know, that's, 
getting athletic guys in space, but that's why they have Sadiq Charles out there. That's why he's starting at left guard over Chris Paul. And, you know, he's got to show that he can be durable and stay healthy. And it's funny because Martin Mayhew said he felt like this was um, Charles's best camp. I don't think that's a big stretch to say that because the other camps he's usually injured too much. So this is the first time he, and he did miss time this camp. So he's got to stay healthy to show that he's actually deserving of being that guy. And, you know, but if he can, it gives him a, a more athletic guard than they would have with Chris Paul. Um, but the bottom line is, and they, they do feel that this is the best situation they've had for a young quarterback, certainly under and in, in Rivera's term, when you look at skill players, receivers, receivers should be very good. I like the running backs. I really like what I think Brian Robinson can do. Um, I think people underestimate just the impact of that whole shooting on his health and his game last year, and if they think it, that's exactly what he is, or even at the end, I think the kid can do better, and I think he will. So, and I like Rodriguez. I think Gibson can still help him in the pass game. And then the, the big question, then the tight ends, Logan Thomas has to stay healthy because if he doesn't, then that whole that position looks differently. And yes, when you get to that age, you start having these nagging injuries, soft tissue injuries, et cetera. That becomes a concern, at least you know a question like. What's the durability going to look like? Because he's got to be out there for an extended time for, I think, this offense to do what it needs to do. And then the line has to produce. Anyway, that's it for me. I will be back on Thursday night or Friday morning with Sam Forty from the Washington Post. We're going to start taking a look at the roster, looking forward, looking to the opener. Enough of all the speculation about cuts. I'm drained by it, folks. And I'm sure you are tired of hearing about it. But we'll start looking ahead to the season, and I'm going to have Logan Paulson on soon as well. So I'll talk to you next time.